Welcome to the Faith at Work podcast. I'm Pastor Jim Melvin. The messages of Faith at Work address spiritual, religious, and scriptural issues with practical value for your life at work or at home. I invite you to join me each week in exploring the questions which defy easy answers. What's the purpose in my life? Why is there so much suffering in the world? How can I become the best version of myself? We'll often be turning to scripture, other sources of religious wisdom, and the events of everyday life to help us in our spiritual quest. I try to relate without prejudice to people of all religious traditions and those who claim no religious allegiance at all. So let's get started. I hold the following little dinner prayer closer to my heart than any other words I've ever prayed. Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest, and let these gifts to us be blessed. Amen. I grew up in what I would call a casually religious household. My German immigrant grandparents, with whom we lived until I was five years old, introduced Lutheran piety into our lives, a piety that we never abandoned. When they were gone, we backslid a bit, but two indelible signs of faith remained. A faded picture of Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane hung on our living room wall above the Davenport, sofa for those unfamiliar with the term, and we bowed our heads at the table and said the Come Lord Jesus prayer every night before supper. Then we dug in. That prayer and that picture are eternally bound together within me. Now, the prayer was said mindlessly, but not heartlessly. The picture hung in that spot so long that it left an indelible shadow on the wallpaper. It hung there so long that I ceased to even see it, but it left an indelible shadow on my soul also. This prayer and this portrait have for some reason bubbled up in me today, and I'm struck with their deep significance of inviting the Lord Jesus into our homes. To begin with, the name the Lord Jesus feels kind of antiquated and formal. In my years as a pastor, I commonly talked about Jesus in the context of Bible stories. In worship, I invoked the name of Jesus Christ, and before preaching, I customarily began, in the name of the God, the Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. The Lord Jesus, however, especially including the definite article, is a name I reserve for use in that prayer and the man in that picture. What an audacious invitation. Our simple, not very religious family daily invited the Lord Jesus into our humble home. We invited him to sit with us at supper, And then we invited him to retire with us into the living room to sit with us and watch TV. I hope the Lord Jesus liked Mr. Ed and Bonanza. Mind you, this was the Lord Jesus. There was only one. Somehow, pardon the analogy, like Santa Claus, he could and did visit an infant number of households around the world at the same time. The mystery and the miracle of the divine presence. We weren't the most gracious hosts. The assumption of the prayer is that he brought the food that those gifts were referring to, 
He put the pork chops and the potatoes on the table. Now, not being Jewish, I didn't catch the irony of Jesus, who definitely was Jewish, providing us pork chops for supper. But it was a long way from Israel to Iowa. Not only did he bring food, then we asked him to bless it for us. We were asking that the food would specifically nourish the Melvin family and make us healthy. We implied that all other kinds of blessings would attend the food, but it would be a bit presumptuous to ask for a new car at the table. That we would reserve for bedtime prayers, which makes me wonder if he stayed the night. Now, it's a wonder that we didn't make him dry the dishes, but in those days that was Mom's job. Jesus could retire to his honored position on the living room wall while she cleaned up, and we menfolk relaxed. The assumed but unseen presence of the Lord Jesus in our home made a difference. This silent visitor brought with him kindness, gentleness, and goodness. And most of the time, the members of our family were kind and gentle with one another, that is, within the bounds of our admitted sinful humanity. Kindness, gentleness, and goodness he taught through example. We found his example in the simplest of our Sunday school stories and our Sunday morning Bible readings at church. He also corrected us in our failures to be kind and good and gentle. He reproved us mainly through the Ten Commandments, which had been taught to us and which were beautifully illustrated in another frame picture hanging on the opposite wall from his portrait. I think the Lord Jesus opened our eyes and our hearts to help us discern what was right and what was good in the world, and what was wrong. He helped us to understand the racial injustices of our time and our own role in their perpetuation. He sat with us and wept over the death of the Reverend Martin Luther King. He mourned with us the fiery death and destruction raining down upon the people of Vietnam, the unredeemable loss of American boys who died there, and the men who returned some broken for life. But through it all, he gave us hope. I'd like to invite the Lord Jesus to be our guest again. I mean, the one who ate supper with us in the kitchen and watched TV with us in the living room. Maybe that means saying that simple little prayer at supper and hanging a visible reminder of him on the living room wall again, even if it doesn't fit with our sophisticated modern decor. I need to feel that kind and gentle and good presence again. Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest, and let these gifts to us be blessed. Amen. Thank you for joining me. I hope you'll stop back again. May God bless you in your work, in your play, when you're at home and when you're away. You are loved and you matter.